prn.live. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. This is not a recording, this is a live show. Last Tuesday I told you that because of the holidays, I will have to pre-record the show. I made a mistake. It's the next Tuesday. I can be live today, so I'm happy to talk to you. So, and I'm looking forward to you calling in. As I said, you can always call no matter what I'm talking about I will gladly take your call my number here is 888-874-4888 again 888-874-4888 and if you would like to email me um, you're also welcome uh, I will not respond to your email right now but I will gladly read it after the show and then if you have any questions you if you have some issues you would like me to talk in the uh, following uh, shows i will gladly do that my email is drpeterresnik at gmail.com d-r-p-e-t-e-r-r-e-z-n-i-k at gmail.com uh, last week i started talking to you about uh, the emergency kit that I kind of developed in the last month or month and a half. I I didn't hear feedback from you regarding the uh, Dr. Peter Resnick's emergency kit, uh, but I did not actually finish, I did not complete talking about the kit. There are actually 15 steps and I covered only half, so I would love to, to finish today. Um, to complete talking about this kit and hopefully you will be able to utilize it. In fact, I thought, how could I, because I will be talking about it and you cannot, some of you, can, of course, cannot quickly write down um, these ideas. Um, so I thought what I will do is after the show, when I do my write-up of the show, because I do a little write-up and then the next day, they post the show uh, on archives. Uh, what I will do is in the write-up, it will be a long write-up, I will uh, write all the 15 steps so you could use them. And again, you're also welcome to ask me if you have any questions regarding this uh, emergency kit. So let me go quickly over the first eight points that I made um, uh, last week. 
And by the way, you, any, at any moment, if you want to call, please, I would rather take your call than talk. We, I can always uh, finish talking about uh, the kit or, or any other subject. I would, as I told you many times, I would rather uh, take your phone calls. So the first point uh, in the kit was that you to the best of your ability, describe your experience in writing. It's very important. I think another show I told you how important this and what the great difference it is uh, of uh, between a person just thinking in their mind versus writing it down. Um, so it's, it's super important that you write down what you experience, whether it's disappointment, anxiety, fear, grief, remorse, and so on. The second point is that you have to recognize uh, that there are many parts to you, and this part that, that is anxious now or sad, it's not all of you, it's a part of you. And this part is not your enemy. It, this part has been with you for many years, and it's doing its best to protect you, to help you in any way uh, it can. But the skills of that part may be limited, may be developed when you were still a child, so they may be outdated. So just for now, remember that anxiety or sadness, they are not your enemy. They are more a messenger. The third point is no matter how bad you feel, recognize that there is a part in you that is willing and interested in getting well. Uh, simply because you share with somebody that you're in pain or you're listening to this, to this show uh, or you go on internet and type in uh, sad or depression or whatever word and you're looking for answers. There is, so most of the time there is a part of, of us that is looking for a solution. Then the fourth step, write down the context within which all this experience is happening, the location where it's happening. Uh, oh, wonderful, we have a call. Noel from Brooklyn. Okay, Noel, you're yes, there. Uh, Welcome. Good, af good, good afternoon, uh, Dr. Resnick. You and I have spoken before. Uh, good afternoon, Noel. I'm happy you called. Yes, um, I want to talk about labeling. Uh, and what I mean by that, the other day I was in a supermarket, and the lady who had an accent, which I was kind of um, curious about, she was asking me, how do you pick uh, avocados? So I said, well, you know, you, I, and I, I went on to explain. But anyway, make a long story short, we started talking, and this is where I'm talking about labeling. And I just happened not to believe in, a, uh, in God, period. And she then automatically looked at me and like, oh, this, this poor person. Well, just because you don't believe in God, that doesn't mean that you're not, that you don't do the right things by you know, feeding people the hungry or doing that. But you know what I'm saying? It, just because you are a religion doesn't mean that you have to do all the right things. Uh, 
perfect example. Look at Jesse Jackson, who was a Christian. He had a child out of wedlock. And the, and, the, and the list goes on and on and on. And, and, and unfortunately, Martin Luther King as well, uh, truthfully, he had an affair um, during the Civil Rights Movement. So because you are religious doesn't make you a perfect person. And I find a lot of people who I say my beliefs, they don't respect my beliefs equally as much as I respect their beliefs. Mm. I would never stop you, uh, uh, Dr. Resnick, from going to church, to synagogue. To uh, yeah. That's your choice. But don't knock me because I don't. Noel, can I ask you a question? Sure. How you say that this woman looked at you as if you are less than. How do, yes. how do you know she knew that you're not religious? Well, because she asked me. She said, do you believe in God? And then her, her head kind of dipped. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, they didn't yeah, mention okay. that. Oh, thank you. No, well, thank you so much for bringing up this issue. It's super, super important. I love that you you, you brought it up. Uh, well, I will try to, to re respond to it. Look, I, I am a religious person. You do not mm -hmm. believe in God. That's your, th There was a wonderful philosopher, Nietzsche, in the beginning of 20th century, and he said, the freedom of one person comes to an end where the freedom of another begins. Mm -hmm. So, if I am to respect my freedom to believe in God, I must, must absolutely respect your freedom not to believe in God, because mm -hmm. it's still up for, up for grabs. <laughs> because yeah. and, I and, and, and you know, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but when, if I say, if I say, no, I don't want to drink alcohol, and then you yeah. say, yeah, well, let's take a sip. It, it's the same thing as he says, well, you know, you should go read your Bible. I, I just told you I don't believe in that. So in other words, and oh, and, and I even want to make another point. One day I was uh, out in Long Island, a uh, beautiful place right on the ocean, and myself and a, 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 another lady were out there, and I was about to eat my food. So oh, hold on it. You're not going to pray over your food? I said, well, no, I don't do that. Well, well, well she stopped me. She held my hand. Well, I'll judge. And then she started reading. That she started reciting what you do before. And I'm just saying, right. man, these people don't respect my belief. Right, right. Yes, it's so. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that, that was the point okay. I wanted to make. Thank you for your example. It, it's, it's very unfortunate. Some people become so self-righteous that right. there was a wonderful really I to me he's a hero uh, and the only uh, prime minister or, or president who didn't compete didn't run for president he was asked to become a president Watzlaff Howell former he's not alive anymore a former um, president of Czechoslovakia and then of Czechia and he said Seek company of those who are searching for truth mm -hmm. away from those who say that they found it. Mm -hmm. We're all in the same boat. We're all searching for meaning and understanding of life. And if I respect my own journey, I absolutely must respect your journey. We don't right. have to fight over it. But I, I want to make a, to, a comment. You said something about... Jesse Jackson and Dr. King, right? Uh, they, 
yes, they were religious people, and yet they. This is a whole other subject. You say, well, you you. So what that they're religious and and they taught these beautiful values, but look, they did transgression. That's right. For me, it's not. If Dr. King, for example, had an affair, that's not totality of him. The totality no. of him is still beautiful things that, that he taught. And as a human being, perhaps from somebody's perspective, he made a mistake. And from right. somebody else's perspective, maybe he didn't. Again, right. from my perspective as a religious person, yes, it's a transgression. And But, there are, but I also respect other people's opinion, they think, no, no, this is fine. He needed it for for his strength. Uh, he needed to relax. Whatever. It's absolutely their choice. And it's not up to me to judge him or anybody else. What I'm interested in is what people have to share with the world. And some people share good and some people share things which are not so good. And I, and yeah. I welcome, to me, Dr. King was like an incredible, incredible teacher and uh, I, I've never seen a teacher in my life who didn't make mistakes. Correct, correct, correct. But it's not my mistake because I don't believe what you believe. And mm -hmm. it, it shows that we're all human beings. That's why I mentioned those two. Yes, you you're, you're absolutely right. No, thank you. You know what I'm so saying? Don't judge me. Uh, I mean, look. I, uh, for example, and, and I didn't want to go there. For example, even though I'm not a Christian, I have fed people the homeless. I was a, a medical person in the Air Force where I took care of the work. But I, I don't have to mention that because I'm, I'm not a Christian, if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. I don't have to mention the good that I do. In other words, I have to show you for what, not you per se, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't have to prove that I'm a good person because I don't go to a certain building, read a certain book. It's my actions. It's not my beliefs. I, I love it. You, you, uh, you do know, Noel, <laughs> just before you said it's my actions, I actually had in my mind to say, yes, what is important is not what people say they believe in, but how they act. And Correct. if you're acting, if you're a kind person, if you're extending yourself, and all human beings know, have kind of same values, whether they're religious or not, whatever... Uh, belief system they have, they know, for example, there are, there are universal truths. You don't kill your mother. You just don't kill your mother. <laughs> no right. matter what, you don't kill your mother. This is, you ask any person from any tradition, that's acceptable. Again, if somebody helps out somebody who fell down, everybody, every human being, regardless where they come from, will appreciate that. So the, the, it's quite clear without being religious or uh, when the person acts in, a, in an honorable way or when a person acts in a selfish and not honorable way. Yeah, so and, and, that's, and, I agree with you, Noel, 100%. This yes, is the um, most... Um, one very last uh, comment, because uh, I want somebody else to call in. Um, yes, yes. I remember being on the subway train, and this guy just was just, just continued to... Uh, read off the Bible, which is fine. And then until we got to the point, we says, we're all sinners. <clears throat> and then I said, excuse me, sir. 
<clears throat> excuse me, you can't speak for me. Oh, we're all sinners. And I said, okay. And he kept saying that we're all sinners. And I said, sir, again, you can't speak for me. And he said, yes, I can, because according to the Bible, I said, okay. If we're all sinners, could you please tell me if a child only lives 24 to 48 hours, how did they sin? Mm-hmm. And he was quiet. And he was quiet. This is what I'm talking about. You have your belief. Don't speak for me. Speak for yourself. You didn't question the person who got you into that belief system, but you questioned me. Yeah. I thank you for, um, for your time. You're welcome, and thank you for calling in, Noel. Um, it's, it's a wonderful, actually, subject to, to address. It, it's so good that, that you called. Uh, though there is a number of things I could mention, even regarding the child who died uh, at the uh, age of uh, 48 hours. But again, that would be representing my personal beliefs. And yes. Noel, you may have may have your own beliefs, and, and that's perfectly fine. As long as you don't, like you said, you don't impose your beliefs on me, expect me to act according to your beliefs. Right. So we, 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 we both agree on that. Yes. That makes it a cult. Yeah. But I, I want to make a comment. Thank you very much. Sure. For All right, you're welcome. Bye. Appreciate it. So, uh, and yet... Uh, Noel made me think about something. Uh, I, I, I walk on Queens Boulevard uh, and sometimes with friends, and, and there is a group of, uh, I believe it's Jehovah Witnesses, uh, who are standing there with, with, um, with their signs, you know, Lord is with you, or... Um, the end is coming, things like this. And I always say nicely hello to them. And they kind of try to invite me. We come over and look, 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 look. And I say thank you, and I move on. And a friend of mine said to me once, why, why are you talking to them? They, you know, they, they think you will burn in hell if you don't do exactly what they say. And I said, and I really, I, I, I really feel for these people. I, say, I said to my friend, imagine, imagine that you are standing in front of a door and you saw that when people open that door, behind that door there is an abyss and there is fire and people get burned or people get hurt. And so you're standing there and you see your brother or your close relative is about to enter the door. Wouldn't you, not, would you not scream and say, no, no, don't go there. Because you've seen, you know that a person will definitely get hurt. Probably it would be your responsibility to stand there and, and to protect people from hurting themselves. And these people who are screaming to me, uh, I think that they really, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, those who are real, they, they believe. They believe that I will burn in hell if I don't say the word, word, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. If you just believe in Jesus, that's not enough. You have to say the word, I accept Jesus 
as my personal savior. So Catholics will burn in hell, and everybody else will burn in hell, except those people who say these words. And I understand it sounds, to me, nonsense, to somebody else, nonsense, but to them it's true. And from the, from the heart, they're trying to protect us. So it's not that I agree with them, but I understand their pain, their anguish, and their good intent. And as long as they don't grab me or, or curse me, uh, I, I just appreciate that they care. Uh, and then I pass by, say politely, thank you, and move on. So anyway, but I th- I'm so happy that Joe, um, Noel, I'm sorry, that Noel called, because it's a very interesting subject. Again, anybody who wants to call, uh, you're welcome to. Or I will continue now with the emergency kit. But again, please, uh, I am looking forward to you calling. So number five in the kit is you write down your strengths and positive qualities. Uh, If you have difficulties recalling your strength, and sometimes people who feel depressed, feel sad, feel lonely, have have trouble connecting with anything good, your usefulness, your goodness, your place in the community, or any other positive quality, if you have difficulties recalling it, ask people whose honesty you do not doubt, sincerity that you do not doubt, ask them to write to you the good things they know about you. Number six, recognize which challenges of the ones that you are facing, you have experienced in the past, and then you overcame them, and then you felt better. So write down what helped you uh, to get better. Number seven, write down every single blessing in your life. Um, Appreciate your physical health, if you're physically healthy, mental stability, if that's what you feel, having children, having uh, still your parents or having food or, or shelter um, and so on. And imagine then, one after you wrote all your blessings, imagine one by one not having those things in your life. But again, I, I, I'm giving this to you, this step-by-step letter, step-by-step manual, and I'm telling you, it will work only if you do everything that I, I believe you should do everything uh, the way I suggest because I it came from my experience of working with people and I have been in practice now for 43 years so uh, give it a try uh, number eight remember one preferably more than one experience or state of being happy and fulfilled or simply feeling good remember the posture that you weigh in and assume that posture, which means if you are stooping, if you're looking down, and you remember being receiving an award, and you were standing straight, looking proudly, um, that's the posture you uh, assume. What happens is your physiology connects with the emotional experience. Somebody else, Gwen is on the line. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy to hear. Here is Gwen. Gwen, you're on the air. Hi, hi Dr. Resnick. I've been sleeping with you, you know. <laughs> like, when I can't sleep at night, I turn you on so I can so I can get to. Uh, it helps me to go to sleep. 
So I've been listening <laughs> to you and Gina, like, <laughs> talk on the show. And I've been listening to a lot of your conversations, which I am finding helpful. And I guess I guess I have a little time to kill. I'm, I'm about to go on. You know, you said something about protecting your mother. And... Um, Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't say protecting. I said you don't kill your mother. It's like a universal. That exactly. That that's exactly what I'm trying to have not happen. Um, uh, my my mother <laughs> is unwillingly. Some, uh, uh, some uh, one of my family members is trying to put my mother uh, into hospice against her will, and my mother does not have a terminal illness, nor does she want to be in hospice. So. I remember now. Yeah, you told me, and you were yeah. talking about your sister, right? Your sister is. Yeah, trying. my sister. So, so here we are. Here we go again. But yeah. it's a very corrupt place, the state of New Jersey, and uh, I'm, I'm and I have to argue in a half hour, and I am so sick. I had COVID. I got that on Saturday, and right. I also had a sinus infection. And so I went to the hospital this morning, and uh, they propped me up by giving me steroids. And I guess there is this thing with steroids; it is kind of a miracle. It's like putting a, like a, a balloon back in your body again, and you're you're sitting up. <laughs> but, but I know ultimately they kind of the air will eventually come out, and you'll be pooped out again. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to say that you know I feel really nervous about doing a presentation here with such a hostile audience, and. Um, which, I, I'm sorry, which hostile origins? Uh, I'd, be going, I'd be going in front of a judge who's uh, very hostile oh, and yeah. uh, very, very, uh, very uh, biased. She's already, you know, the last time we were in front of her, she didn't even read my papers. Uh, she said, I'm not going to even read your papers. So it's like, wow, you know, who, who, how can you make a decision without reading papers? So it's already, you know, really hard enough to do this, but to go... Look, if if the judge if the judge could just be a judge and be fair and unbiased, it would just be a lot easier. It's much easier to make your case when there's somebody somewhere in the middle here. But um, it's really a hard case. And I called my mom today, and I asked her again. I said, you know, I, I'm going to go and do this, but you you should understand it's taking a lot out of me physically. You know, I'm pretty sick, and they're not going to they won't postpone the case. So, my mom who doesn't have any illness at all right now. Nothing. Grant, can, can I ask you a couple of questions? First, yes, what, please do. what are you doing for COVID? Uh, I, I, uh, for, okay, I have two things. I have sinus infection, so they gave me a gigantic horse pill for that, which is kind of making things worse with my stomach. So I'm on an antibiotic for that. And, but I had a lot of pain last night uh, from this, uh, this sinus infection. It started to move down my neck, and it kind of felt like, like electric shocks. So I got scared and I went to the hospital this morning and he said, um, that's just the infection moving around. He said, or it could be the COVID actually. So with the COVID, um, I'm just trying to rest, but, uh, they don't give you anything for COVID, but what I'm taking is what Gary Null says to take the magnesium, um, zinc and uh, calcium. And then I'm taking the vitamin D and uh -huh. I'm taking uh, a lot of other other vitamins and um, yeah. I, I listen. It has worked beautifully for two years. If I hadn't gotten so amazingly stressed, I really seriously doubt if I would have gotten sick at all. Yeah. But it, it it was just too much stress all at one time, you know, and no sleep. So I ended up getting this, and uh, kind of I'm really disappointed because I was doing so great. I was like, you know, like a marathon over here. Two years, 
of not getting sick with anything. Not yeah, COVID, not a cold, nothing. When you're it's under miracle. stress. So, Gwen, I would like to offer you something. You said that you are stressed and it's unfriendly environment. I don't, I, I don't know the intricacies of the, of the case, and I, I don't know the mind of the judge. But I have a mental exercise that I suggest uh, to people who are going to negotiate with someone. It's kind of mental imagery slash energetic exercise. If you would like, I can guide you through it, and you do it. Now you're going today to go through the to, to the judge. Three o'clock. Okay, so let me do the exercise with you. Okay. Okay. You're ready. I'm ready. Should I put you on speaker? Should I put the receiver down and put it on speaker? Yeah, very good idea. Absolutely. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to do that. Yes. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. So close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And. Now you don't talk to me, you don't answer anything, just listen. Say to yourself mentally, I'm doing this exercise with an intention to create peace and connectedness. And think or imagine deep white light coming out of your chest, but as it's moving out about a foot, from your body, it curves to the right. The light is curving and making a full circle about your whole body. See now yourself being surrounded by a circle of white light. Now see, any way you can see it, on a distance, the judge and anybody else who you feel is unfriendly. So now gently breathe out physically one time and see this circle of white light expanding in all directions, creating a bigger and bigger circle till it encases the judge as well. Once the circle encircles you and the judge, you see judge lifting judge's face and smiling to you, and you are smiling back. Then, without one time, and open your eyes. Okay. Don't don't think intellectually what it means, how it will work, will it be helpful or not. Just you did the exercise, and when you start speaking to the judge, just a second before that, for. For, for that second, close your eyes and again remember the circle. You don't need to do the whole exercise, just to remember that you both are in the same circle. Okay, Grant, thank you very much for calling. Thank you, Dr. Resnick. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. So now uh, we are going to number nine, the point nine on the tool kit, emergency kit. Think of the support system you can have. Uh, friends, a teacher, a therapist, preferably people who can hear you out in a loving and non-judgmental way. You don't need them to try to fix your your problem. You just need to be connected. You need you need someone's empathy. It's super important. It's very important not to be alone. Uh, in facing whatever you're facing. 
Exercise 10. It's a mental exercise. You close your eyes and imagine that the problem or problems you're dealing with are now over. Imagine that you have been well for a whole month and you're looking at the situation from a perspective of one month. You are fine now, but a month ago you were not. And now a whole month you've been feeling fine. Think, imagine the possible benefits of having gone through that challenging experience. And then open your eyes. Now another exercise. This exercise if, uh, is for a person who may feel anxiety. It does not matter what the subject, what is the trigger for the anxiety. Remember, it's an exercise simply to reduce the symptom. It's not resolving all the issues that you have that trigger anxiety, simply to deal with the experience of anxiety. So imagine you feel uncomfortable, you feel unsettled, you feel anxious. So you close your eyes and state in your mind, I'm doing this exercise with an intention to let go of anxiety. And mentally scan your body as you keep your eyes closed. Identify where in your body you experience anxiety. Identify on a scale from 1 to 10, as 10 being going through the roof, how great this anxiety is. Keep that number in my, your mind as you breathe out slowly. Then breathe in normally. Keep breathing out slowly, breathing in normally. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. Watch the number in your mind as it goes down. Keep breathing for as long as you need. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. That stimulates a vagus, it's a quieting nerve that goes from your brain to lungs, heart and stomach. You definitely will come down, and when the number in your mind clicks, like in a meter, down to five or less, then you can open your eyes. Then it's not over, then you go to the bathroom and wash your face with cold water. And you do this whole exercise as often as the anxiety comes. Now exercise uh, or point 12. This is also a mental exercise, but in case if you feel depressed or sad, you close your eyes and say to yourself mentally, I'm doing this exercise with an intention to lift the burden. And think or imagine heavy clouds above your head, 
heavy, heavy clouds above your head. See and feel them pressing down on you. Now, take a golden bow and a golden arrow and shoot the arrow into the clouds and see them, see this cloud burst into torrential rain. Feel the rain washing all your sadness away. All the negativity. The water is running through you, inside and outside of you. Now the rain stops and the rainbow appears. Open your mouth and swallow the rainbow. Feel the many colors fill your whole body. The body is filled with many colors which begin to emanate through the pores of your skin into the world. Then breathe out one time and open your eyes. Point 13, give yourself one day out of a week as a break from all your troubles. If you cannot do it for a whole day, do it for six hours or for three hours. If the negative thoughts come to your mind, say to yourself, I'm on a break. For this, whatever hours you chose, I will think about it when the break is over. You understand? As you go through that, whatever, let's say you decided from 12 o'clock, from noon till 6 in the evening, you're on a break. So the thought comes and you say, oops, I'm on a break. At 6, I can think about it and insist over and over, I'm on a break. Okay, point 14, do not compare yourself to others. It is your, your unique story. Your life is your unique story. There has never been a person like you before, ever, ever, ever. Never will be. You are who you are. You cannot compare even yourself to yourself uh, two years ago or a year ago. Because... A year ago or 10 years ago, you were a different person, physically, emotionally, mentally. So all you have is you now, and there is only one of you, and you are to take care of you. Every person has their own journey and their own struggles. Uh, I, I, it's just something came to my mind. Um, my favorite comedian and actor, Robin Williams once said, everyone you meet has a story you know nothing about. Be kind always. How true. We don't know what other people's stories are. And often we regret having our path and think that a different path would be better. And yet uh, I heard once, and it's so true that if you had 10 people sit down in a circle and all take their troubles and put them in front of everyone, 
uh, just like a package. Recognizing what's in the package of everyone. And you have to take one package. Everybody would take their own package. So this is our journey, our unique path that we are to follow, to deal with the challenges that present themselves, because those challenges are the rungs on the ladder of self-mastery that we came to this world to climb. And finally, point 15, think of having three faces. Actually, this exercise, I have to give credit. I, uh, I got from Mark Gaffney, who wrote a book, A Return to Eros, Mark Gaffney. Think of, but I, I like very much uh, his example. Think of having three faces. One face is external. It is the character traits and behavior that you show to the world. It's how you want to be seen. The second, so it's not really you, it's kind of a mask. Remember the Greek word for face is persona, which literally means a mask. The second phase is what you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Also, don't feel bad about it, even though nobody else knows, but everybody has that face, that their own face, inner face that they know. But then there is a third face that is deep inside. And that face appears when you are at your very best. Think about it. If you have ever been at your very best, think of how you will be working walking, sitting, doing whatever you're doing. If you were living all the time at your best. Remember that that moment where you were at your best, that's the essence of you. Everything else is static. And they're, they're bad and the ugly that you know about yourself. These are qualities that are not your essence, but the qualities that you are to work on. They're not bad, they're just material to work on. The qualities that you show to the world, it's more often insecurity, you cover what you know about yourself. But that moment when you are at your very best, that's your essence. And if you connect with that best of yourself and attempt to manifest it in the world, more and more often you're on the right track at being truly you. Uh, that's all these 15, uh, 15 points in the emergency kit. As I said, I will post it on my archives when they post the whole show, so that if you need, if you want, you can download it and use it. And I hope you will give me feedback uh, about what you, if you practice, what you discovered from practicing this 
emergency kit. And again, it can be used anytime uh, when you deal with any challenge. I would very much appreciate your feedback if you send me an email because it's something new, this tool, um, this kit, uh, emergency kit, and I really want to know, even though different um, points of this kit I gave to many people over the years, I would like to see how it works as a set of tools. And now I will gladly take your calls because I finished one subject, I can move to something else, but I would rather take your call. Are there any callers? No? Okay, anyway, I will continue talking. If you call, I will again take your call. I received a number of emails. Uh, one, somebody wrote, how do you deal with drug addiction? Uh, and also, how come that the country has been dealing with drug addiction for so many years? and we're not successful. Okay, it's, a, it's an interesting subject. Well, drug addiction has two aspects, one internal and one external. Internal meaning that it's, uh, it's a, each person's journey. There are reasons people get addicted to drugs. I'm not going to go into right now, just I want first to explain to you what I mean, whether it's external or internal. So internal is, uh, it's a per individual struggle for whatever reason they got addicted to drugs. But first I want to address the external aspect of drugs or drug addiction. And that because uh, the gentleman mentioned that uh, we've been fighting drug addiction uh, and it hasn't been successful. Yes, it hasn't been successful. Um, and the reason for that, I believe, is I think that we're fighting the wrong, the wrong enemy, meaning there will be always people willing to risk their life, lives of others to make money out of desperation and, or out of greed. As long as there is a buyer there will be a seller. The same thing, uh, and I'm actually repeating the words of my friend, not close friend, I just spent time with him once having a long conversation. A wonderful person, Guy Jacobson, is an Israeli guy who uh, now already 20 years ago started a movement called Red Light Children, because he discovered that there were 2 million at his time uh, to two million children uh, who were in slave sex, sex slavery, two million children under the age of 11. So, and in my conversation with him, he, he said to me, uh, how do we stop this? There will be always people who are willing to sell their children, gangs who, who are willing to kidnap, as long as there are buyers. So we have to make the price for the buyers unacceptable, which means they have to go, they have to have a threat of going to jail. Uh, there, are, there are people who go to Thailand or countries like this, where the, there is this 
market where they can buy children and spend time with them. The same thing can be, I believe, is applicable for drugs. That is, we have to make, we stop people who shoot themselves in a, uh, with the guns. We send them to psychiatric institutions. In fact, as a health professional, I'm obliged. If I know that somebody is intending to commit suicide, it's my obligation to call 911. So you know, rather than legalizing, as I heard some insane politicians saying we have to legalize, I think the guy who is running uh, for a governor in Pennsylvania who wanted to legalize all drugs, it's enough that they legalize now marijuana and slowly discovering that really it's a uh, because it's then once it's legalized, it's used so more rap rapidly uh, that there are really serious effects, negative effects of smoking uh, all the time. You know, and I heard personally many stories where uh, young people uh, have symptoms of dementia. Their memory is not good, hands shaking, and so on. But so going back to my answer to how to stop drugs in, in this country, make the price very high, just like in Singapore. In Singapore, you go to jail if you are found with drugs. Not only a person who is selling, but a person who buys goes to jail, and they virtually don't have drugs. If a person, if, if a person is found selling drugs, I don't, cannot, I don't know exactly, but they, they serve years and years and years in jail. Uh, so my choice would be to announce in the United States that we are drug-free, illegal drug-free country, uh, and people who buy drugs, for sure people who sell drugs, but people who buy drugs go to jail. It's like you are knowingly committing murder. Of who? For yourself. So there would be such tough laws, there would be fewer people who, who would dare using drugs. But now I don't know if it's realistic, but that's my opinion. So now re regarding internal reasons, uh, a while ago I already gave a whole hour uh, presentation on how to deal with drug addiction. And I spoke about it. If you're interested in the subject, I'm responding to a gentleman who asked the question. Look up, you know, from starting from December 1st, 2020, uh, when I started my first show, somewhere maybe 20th or 30th, somewhere between, show was on overcoming drug addiction. And I see drug addiction, uh, the cause of drug addiction coming being either uh, denial or greed. I remember speaking about it. What does it mean? Denial is if a person is in pain, something bad is happening in their life, and they don't know how to deal with it. And so they deny the pain, they escape the pain, and they choose to run away from it by numbing their pain with drugs. As Carl Jung, Swiss psychiatrist, said in the beginning of the 20th century, 
neurosis is always a substitute for legitimate suffering. So neurosis being using drugs. So legitimate suffering would be to deal with the problem that they're facing. And yes, life is not easy. You have to deal with problems. There are no people who don't have problems. And yet they want to numb, they want to escape dealing with problems, so they get addicted. And that's one reason people get addicted to drugs. And another one is greed. It just feels good. And immediate gratification, they want to feel good now, rather than uh, feel good from some accomplishments. You, you use a drug, whatever drug it makes you feel good. I don't know, I've never used drugs, smoked marijuana a few times. Uh, but, but it makes you feel good and you want more, feeling good more and feeling good more. And unfortunately, people who, yes, some people are more prone to getting addicted. They start with marijuana and they want something stronger and then something stronger that means feels even better. And, and that's pure greed. That's uh, impulse to intoxication and it doesn't stop. And then before they know it, they lose their life, they lose control in their life. So uh, that's that's regarding drug addiction. Again, if you want me to spend more time talking about it, please write about it. But I think you can just find one of those shows because I dedicated the whole show to talking about drug addiction. Uh, I have other things people wrote to me about and want me to, to address. One is nail biting. The other one is anorexia, and I think I will, I will address it. Uh, oh yeah, the next time, as I told you, um, I will have to talk to the studio because I cannot be in person because of the holidays. I cannot be in person here on Tuesday, but before Tuesday, uh, I will try to record, make a recording, and I will think I will address these issues, nail biting, um, anorexia, and possibly if you send me some questions, I will be gladly address those questions. And if there is still time, I will also try to continue, remember, talking about the big issue that we're dealing with, and that is the fifth pillar of well-being. We are addressing different emotional challenges that all of us face. We already addressed, I believe, 15, no, 17 or 18, and our next subject is lying. I will be talking also, if I can, next uh, pre-recording that uh, next week's show, um, I will be talking about lying, uh, how not to lie, uh, and uh, why we're lying what's the rewards and punishments. Anyway, uh, our time together is coming to conclusion now. Uh, thank you again, uh, Noel and Gwen for, for calling. I'm hoping that with each show there will be more people, except next week, because I will not be, it will not be a live show, but that I will have more people calling, because I, I don't know if it's how interesting it is for you. For me, it's definitely interesting because I don't know what people will be calling about. And just like I don't know when people come into my office, uh, I don't know what problems they present uh, most of the time. Sometimes they give me an inkling, um, speaking on 
making an appointment. But very often I don't know. And very often when somebody comes uh, and they told me, gave me some idea of what they're dealing with, uh, when I ge- begin to get to know them, we discover that the issues are quite different and what they presented originally on the phone was just a little symptom. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to having your attention uh, next Tuesday. Uh, again, to my pre-recorded show, or two weeks from now, I will be taking your phone calls. Uh, thank you very much for being with me today. Be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace. Adelante, get up, to the beat, adelante, to the beat, ay, segunda. Come on, baby, hit it, ticket, move it, keep it, move it, rumba. I don't wanna do the mambo, salsa, tango, 